Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a special Monday edition of the Red and Blue Review. I'm not quite sure what to think about that, um, those opening credits, Lucy, but thank you for them. Uh, Fergus and I are neighbours, uh, but we're the only ones. People think that uh, one of our other panellists might live in Upfield, but that's not quite true. But uh, welcome, everyone, wherever you're watching uh, around the world. Really good to have you with us. Uh, we're, of course, looking back on the uh, points shared at the Taxpayers' Stadium yesterday. Uh, Roy Hodgson said he was very satisfied with the points away at West Ham. Uh, Mark Gay, he said, it stopped the bleeding. So, um, indeed, it did stop the bleeding after two defeats in a row. And um, we managed to come away from West Ham yesterday with a point and a share of the spoils. So um, I'm your host tonight and joining me on the panel, as you can see on the screen in front of you, have uh, a fixture on this show, of course, uh, Mr. Fergus Tidd. Good evening, Ferg. How are you? Good evening. Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah. Happy to come away yesterday with a point. with something. Good. And you were in the ground yesterday, um, which was um, yeah. unusual for an away game. Well, I was still at Luton as well. <laughs> you were. Great job, it's all. Yeah. And, I wasn't, and I wasn't in the ground yesterday, which was unusual, but we'll come to that a little bit later on. And uh, joining me tonight as well, we have Theresa Baker. Nice to see you back, T. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Ian. Hi, everyone. Um, yesterday, it was all right. Happy with the point. I think we would all have taken a point pretty much, wouldn't we? Absolutely. Absolutely, we would have done. And um, somebody who's a, a new face to you uh, here, but um, not new to the show because he watches every week is uh, Mr. Paul Gear to give him his full title. Um, good evening, Paul. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks, Ian. Yeah, good to uh, make my debut on here. I've been promising Nick for a while, so, yeah, get my first cap tonight. Here we go. Yes, your first cap. And, um, of course, uh, Aka, the real panel. So, on social media, you're known as the real panel, and we'll come to that in a, in a minute or two. But I'm intrigued behind you. You've got the three shirts of this season hanging up behind you. Um, now, tell us a little bit about why that is. Yeah, well, as you know, Ian, um, I'm a bit of a shirt collector. This is not just for the show. This is my permanent decor, decor for my lounge um, throughout the year. I always have the latest three shirts up. And then when the next three come out, they will be retired to my wardrobe slash museum where I've got every shirt since 1988, I think, um, that the club has ever produced. So, yeah, it's uh, it's getting a bit busy up there now. But, uh, yeah, no, big shirt collector, big collector of all the all the rubbish they sell in the club shop. To be good. And what else is that? Can I see down on of your right oh, shoulder, yeah. what, what is that? This is um, this is something I bought myself a while back. It's a full size <laughs> Premier League trophy, and uh, one of these days I'm going to actually put some authentic red and blue ribbons on there, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be able to celebrate when we win it. So it's uh, it's getting very dusty though at the moment. I'm yeah, not, not this season. Yeah, I'm not, not getting season. close to it these days. But this is going to be some show tonight. It's great to have you on, Paul. It really is. Um, now, um, Acker the real panel. I said. Um, and that's what you call yourself on social media. But uh, now I know the story behind this, but everyone watching won't. Um, why the real panel? Where does that come from? Well, basically, it's uh, I, when I wanted to go on social media, I didn't really want to use my own name for just various reasons, just to start with that. But so I thought, what nicknames have I had in the past? There were some very strange nicknames when I was a kid at school and all sorts of stuff. But uh, my most recent nickname that all my friends use at the moment is uh, is Panel. Uh, and... Uh, the natural progressions that was the real panel so basically i went to china for a friend's wedding uh, about 10 years ago and uh because it's uh, very illustrious for chinese ladies to marry western men they wanted a, a video of all of his friends back in england so we all did this little 20 second video wishing well all this sort of stuff uh, and then when they put them up on the screen they had our names written on the bottom and they misspelt my name instead of having a u they put an n so for the whole trip i was called panel by every chinese person and every english person and it's just stuck, quite frankly. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not that offensive a name. So I've, I've stuck with it myself. So, yeah. Very good. Well, it's really good to have your panel on. It's uh, smashing. You know, um, David Hart said, is there a false panel? Uh, oh, very good. Yeah, not bad <laughs> at all. Okay. Um, we're going to call you Paul tonight, though. So uh, we won't get too excited about the panel business. Uh, but it's really good to have you on. 
Uh, and of course, you were at the game yesterday. You are uh, every game, aren't you? You rarely miss a Palace game. Yeah, no, I've, I think I've uh, I've missed about I think two games in the last since we went back after three years or that. And I think I worked out the other day out of the like the 540, 50 odd Premier League games Palace had in their whole existence, I've missed about twenty one. I think so. Yeah, since all since late night, late eighties, been going everywhere, and yeah, rarely miss a game as you say. Pretty good. So if you see Paul at an away game, make sure you stop him and say hello. So, um, yeah, yesterday, um, one all at the um, Taxpayer Stadium, as I said at the top of the show. And as Teresa quite rightly said, we all probably would have taken a point before kickoff. Um, I didn't go yesterday because I had lunch with a friend who was over from Australia and I promised him that we would meet for lunch that day. So that's the reason I didn't go. But I managed to get back for two o'clock to watch it. And he was he thought it was rather amusing because he doesn't know. He thought it was just called soccer. And he didn't, he's never watched much football at all. And he's a bit older. And he thought it was very amusing watching me watch the game like this in the last 10 minutes. I was literally watching it like that. Um, I did get behind the sofa at one point. It was that bad towards the end. But um, it's a real different experience when you're watching it on a TV live compared to being in the ground like I usually am. So let's get into the game. Let's talk about the game, uh, and then we'll talk about lots of other usual stuff that we cover off on this show. Um, Fergus, you were there, but you've watched some of the highlights back. So um, do uh, just start telling us a little bit about your thoughts about yesterday and how you how you saw saw the game go. Did, did you want to go through the, the line-up first, Ian? Or... Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, let's get the line-up yeah. first. So so the line-up, uh, I think the thing that surprised us all with that line-up is the inclusion of uh, Chris Richards, of course, and there he is in the graphic. Um, and that was because, apparently, that um, Jeffrey Schlott pulled out of the matchday squad at the last minute because of a family matter, we're told. But otherwise, probably as we would expect the team to be. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw the line-up in the ground, um, Ferg? Um, well, I expected Hughes and Ayu uh, to come in with the Corway and Eze, but yeah, Richards was a surprise considering that we've got other midfield players that were available. Um, and I, I guess as we go through the game, you know, we'll probably touch on the fact that Richards, but I thought, yeah, he had another excellent performance. It doesn't seem to matter where he plays for Palace, uh, right back, centre back, centre mid. He, um, he always puts a shift in. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. He, he could have gone with a Hamada maybe, or maybe brought one of the youngsters in Ozo. But away at West Ham, I guess he's he's playing it safe. He's got Richards on there. He can be an extra defender for set pieces and corners. Uh, and we've not been too great this season for set pieces. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a surprise, but um, it's, 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 it was a surprise because Roy Hodgson doesn't normally make the changes like that, does he? It's, uh, it's a bit unusual for him. But I guess it was a choice between Richards and the youngster. And I must, confess when, I, I must confess, when I saw the lineup, I thought he was going to play three across the back and push Mitchell and Wardy up as wing-backs. That's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, and, of course, that didn't. It was nothing like it. Um, but it just shows you how versatile Chris Richards is because I agree. I think he had a fantastic game. And I've been saying for a couple of weeks I'd like to see him given a chance because I thought he played very well at Villa away when he was deputising at centre-back. So, uh, so yeah, so um, good to see him included. Um, what were your thoughts then on the first half, Ferg? Um, well, I thought we started the game really well, first 10 minutes. Um do you want me to run through all of the different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about yeah. the talk about the game. Um, talk about the, yeah, the key okay. points and and you know for um, T and um, Paul will, will chip in. Yeah, cool. Okay, so I think the first ten minutes we bossed it. We were passing the ball round. We looked really composed. Um, some decent passes without really testing West Ham at all. Um, took us to the tenth minute before we created a, a decent chance, which was. Um, uh, we got a free kick and Alicia whipped it in to the back post and Anderson knocked it down and he headed it straight to Edward and he, he volleyed the ball. But uh, it was a difficult chance, um, but he put it past the post. Um, but, you know, 
building momentum up. And then typical Palace, West Ham on the bike, first opportunity, uh, and they score. Um, you know, Ward, Ward Prowse again involved, passed it out to Kufel on the right-hand side. He dinked it in, and um, Kudos, is he Ghanaian, I think? I yeah, thought he's he their best player. Yeah, he's a teammate of Jordan Ayers, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he was just there. No one marking him, side-footed it. I think it deflected off Guy, and it looked like it was a soft one from Johnson, but I guess the deflection kind of took it away from him a little bit. Um, yeah, and after me, 30 me, minutes, me, we found ourselves 1-0 down. Let me, thanks, Ferg. Let me bring the others in here. Um, T, should Sam Johnson have saved that? Um, no. I think it took a nick. I mean, it, it, it was fingertips away from her. It wasn't like he was in the opposite corner, was it? Okay. I think it took a deflection, didn't it? It did like take a slight, slight deflection. What about you, Paul? Do you think he should have saved it? <clears throat> yeah, it was a small deflection, but I, I still think he should. He probably should have saved it, and I think he probably he probably would say that himself. I mean, if, if he had saved it, no one would have said, "Oh, it's a world class save" or anything. It's yeah. a routine save. I think it's it's one of those things. And say you don't want to dig him out; he's having a great, great season. But yeah, I think it probably eight eight times out of ten he'll save that. And um, but it was one of those things. But again, as as Ferg said, you leave a man in the box unmarked, you're asking for trouble. So it's. Um, yeah, and, uh, if, you, if you watch it back, I think there are four players around um, Kudos, but nowhere near him. If that makes sense, you know, we we had players back in the box, but no one, no one close enough to the player that was going to cause the danger, and um, he got his shot away. And you know, he's a class act. He cost them forty million quid for crying out loud. It's a lot of money. The thing that annoyed me was he 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 ran from midfield, and neither Lerma Hughes. Or Richards, I think Richards got closest to him in the end, but no one tracked him, mm. Um, mm. and that was that was really frustrating. He just found himself in a yeah. space. So we're one nil down after thirteen minutes. When actually we started the game fairly brightly, and we're thinking, how did that happen? Really, that's that's probably where where we were, isn't it? No, we yeah. all think typical Palace. We've let a goal in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else happened in the first half, Fergus? Uh, well, well, it wasn't longer. A couple of minutes later, we had an opportunity um, for an equaliser. Again, Elise put the ball into the back post from the left-hand side, and Edward couldn't quite get there. He was stretching for it, and it went beyond for a goal kick. So, um, again, frustrating. But it was good to see Edward, you know, although and he scored, but he seemed to be in those right positions. He was getting chances, although he, none of them were on target. But he was in the right areas. Um it was interesting because after 20 minutes, how about this for a stat? West Ham had had one touch inside our 18-yard box in the first 20 minutes, and that was mm. the goal. So that just goes to show just how dominant we were away from home in the first 20 minutes. And how many have we had in their box? I think we'd had three or four by then. Well, I'll tell you something. Um, 37 minutes, and I'm fast-forwarding a bit here, on 37 minutes... They'd still only had one touch in our box, and we'd had 11 touches in their box. Yeah. And I think we had 13 by the end of the first half. So, um, definitely the better side in the first half. Uh, 21 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, go on. I was going to say, are you going to talk about the Anderson free kick, or we haven't got there yet? Yeah, no, I haven't got there yet. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was, I was going to, that's all right, that's all right. So, West Ham had a chance where Agar put Bowen through and he was clean yeah. through, wasn't he? And he tried to get yeah. it over um, Johnson and, and, and in the end, he did make a, a decent contact and it was quite an easy save for Johnson. Um, and then on uh, 26, was it, Kufel gave the ball away to Ayu and he drove into the penalty area and he had, he had Edouard in the middle and he had Elise to his right. And a simple pass, and I think that would have been the equaliser. And he chose to take it on himself and um, completely missed the target. So that was frustrating. Um, yeah, and then... We all say, don't we, when we're watching a game, shoot more, shoot. you know. And sometimes you even hear it, don't you? Paul's nodding. You hear it, the crowd saying, shoot, and they don't. They pass it when they need to take responsibility. So I wouldn't dig Ayo out for having that shot on goal. Um, Paul, would you go along with that? 
Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like anything. If he's if it's a blatantly obvious pass and you've got some chap screaming for it, but he was he was head down, he was going for goal. And like you say, I'm a firm believer in you need more, we need more shoots shots in this in this team. We need a lot more shooting on site. I mean, slightly veer off a little bit. It's it's a strange say. If I was a manager of a football team, I would say to my team, I want three shots in the first 10 minutes because A, you might score, you might get a deflection, you might get a corner from it, you might score. But it gets it gets the crowd in an attacking mindset and it, it puts the the opposition goalie and defense in in a bit of confusion because they, they have to always then expect that on top of everything else. At the moment, we're too easy to play against. We're going across, across, across. And the goal is generally, no, we're not going to shoot unless we've created the perfect position. And just it, the more they have to think about that, oh, there might be a shot coming in or things like that, it just puts them off their game. They might make mistakes. They lose concentration. And as much as anything, it gets the team in an attacking mindset. And as I say, it's the amount of times we come away in and Ferg from games thinking, well, the Vieira was classic. Yeah. No shots in three games, and this year yes. not, we're not prolific. And it's 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 that sort of mindset. I think, and it's a big it's a big thing for me. The Palace, the Palace mindset. And yeah, I, I have no problem with Jordan Ayew shooting. Um, yeah, but the problem is we know when Jordan Ayew shoots nine times out of ten, we know the result anyway. Yeah, but I'd rather, I'd rather see him. Was, yeah, yeah, he shoots. He, he hits target. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's the next problem. But yeah, one step at a time, isn't it, with our attack. So yeah. he, Jordan Ayer's shot goes wide, Ferg. And, uh, yeah, and then 34, yeah. so the free kick that you alluded to, Ian. Um, so Ayer's fouled on the edge of the box. Uh, he won us quite a lot of fouls. I think he's the most You're fortunate to get that free kick player in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, isn't it? Draw a foul, all right, can't he? You know. Oh, can he? Yeah. That's gone to his head a bit though uh, now. I don't know whether he likes that stat because <laughs> it does seem to me he, he, when he gets the ball, his first priority now is to get win a foul. Over. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so least, we're not very good at set pieces, are we? We don't, <laughs> you know, we don't take advantage of them. All these free kicks. Um, yeah, so Anderson takes the free kick. It hits the wall. I think it was, uh, oh, I can't remember if it was Alvarez or somebody, but and it, and it hit him on the back. Yeah. It just curls wide at the post. I mean, the kick was beating, I think. I mean, let, let's um, be clear. If that goes in, it's fortunate. But, you know, you've got to you create your own luck sometimes, don't you? It was surprised to see Anderson step up and take that. T, were you surprised to see Anderson? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was, but, yeah, I mean, on, on Sky, the report, I was Anderson stepping up because it's not on Elise's best foot. But I was... It wasn't a position I thought Anderson, because it was so close to the goal, I was surprised that Anderson stood up for it. Yeah. I'm not sure I would have said put it in, but... Yeah, because we've we've seen that horrible person on the South Coast take free kicks for that small team on the South Coast recently as well, haven't we? So maybe it's a centre-half thing, you know? I don't know. Anyway, we, we digress slightly. Fergus, sorry. Yeah, and then... Um, I think that was pretty much it for the first half. And like you said, by the end of the first half, we'd had 13 touches inside their 18-yard box. Mm. No shots on target. It's a, case, it's a classic case of stats, though, Ferg. I mean, you look at the stats, and the stats say we played we, we were the better team. But did you actually think at half-time, did you sit there thinking we played well? No, I wasn't worried. I wasn't it's, worried it's, about it's the fact... Even. Yeah. I was thinking maybe actually we can get back in this reasonably easily. You know, these these aren't all that. That's what I was thinking. Um, sometimes when you're one nil down, think, "Correct, yeah, we're going to get back into this." Now, listen, start the second half. You're going to come to in a minute. It, it did look bleak, didn't it, for about thirty seconds at one point. Yeah, yeah, forty eighth minute. So and West Ham, the ball was in the back of the net for the second time, um, but it was flagged offside. That's kudos again. Um, I'm pretty sure he was crossing it. He wasn't shooting, but it went all the way through. And just for mm. the, the fact that Suchek took a swing at it with his leg um, meant that he was in an offside position and interfering with play. So, goal was allowed. Yeah. yeah, I just um, think that was a goal. I mean, did you think we got away with one a bit there? Or obviously, oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, right decision though, wasn't it, really? He was, he was in the goalkeeper's line of sight. Yeah. So. Yeah, if that's the other way around. You're screaming for it to be, you know, maybe you'd want it to be a go if it's around the other way. But, you know, it really was offside, wasn't it? You know. He must have put him off with that swing because I don't think he'd have let that in without without that. I mean, it was a pretty 
angled shot, he would have had that covered, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it, almost 2 0, and we're thinking, oh, uphill here, and then a bit of a reprieve. Bit of a reprieve. And then, I mean, I was in the ground. I was actually thinking that's that's a bit of luck that we needed, and maybe we need to capitalise on it. And um, I think 52nd minute, we had a chance where um, Alicia again floated in another three kick, and Mark Gee at the back post, and he's, he's knocked it across. And how Ward Prowse got in front of Edward, I don't know, but he managed to get in front of him and, and put the ball over. And you're just thinking, oh, it's not going to happen. And then a minute later, um, is it Magra Panos? That's a great kid. I don't know what he was thinking, yeah. Um, he's just strolling out with the ball. And then for whatever reason, he thinks, oh, I'm going to pass it back. <laughs> and Edward just stood there. Uh, he still had a lot of work to do, I might say. Um, mm. But he um, he done really well. Ran at the goal, couple of like shimmies, and then left foot, bottom right hand corner, one um, one, great finish. Um, and I think he deserved that because, like I was saying, he's been he was in all, all the right positions. He was just a little bit of la- bad luck, so um, you know a better ball. We might have scored earlier in the game, but it's good to see him get that goal. Six of the season. Okay, so here's a question for you, all three of you, really. Um, have we now found our striker for the Premier League in Odson Edward? Um, it's his sixth Premier League goal of the season, I believe. Someone correct me if I'm wrong there. Paul, you will know. Yeah, that's right. Sixth Premier League goal of the season. Yeah. Um, every I listen to a lot of fantasy Premier League podcasts. Everyone I listen to, they're talking about Edward as a an enabler, you know, a good third striker in your FPL squad and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we're a third of the way through the season. Extrapolate that season is an 18 goal or at least 15 goal a season. Now, if you'd said we're going to pay 40 million for a 15 goal a season striker, we'd have all gone, yes, please, we'll have him, wouldn't we? So have we not found that striker now? T, you first. In Edward, no. He's lazy. Why not? Why? Why? why he waits. Would you say? He waits. He waits for other players to to make the match play, and then he'll step up. Um, I okay. just think he's lazy, and the only reason that he managed to score that goal is too lazy to track back to be on side in case the ball came forward again. <laughs> As Fergus said he has still a lot to do. I think. I think I agree with Ferg. He did have a lot to do to be able to get past the player. He had to pick his spot. You know, he still had the keeper and the defender in front of him. Edward's a good striker if the ball is put into the box for him, but he doesn't make goals. No, but he does he need to make goals? Enough. Yeah, does but he, yeah, he should do. Does he? I mean, if you look at the best strikers, they, they hardly get any assists, do they? They get lots of goals, but they don't score many I don't know. assists. I looked at Harland yesterday and he was sticking yeah. balls into well, the... Maybe he's, a, maybe he's an exception because he's a bit of a robot, but, you know... I mean, how many? I don't think someone like Gary Lineker had many assists in his career, did he? He was just scored goals, you know, that's all he did. I think the problem with Edward. But that's in the old days, though. But nowadays, strikers aren't expected just to stand in front of the goal and score goals. Okay. 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 Paul. The problem with Edward, he's a very frustrating player, as Theresa says. It's like if you you put the crosses in, he scored a few from crosses from the left and stuff. But when he hasn't got time to think about it, he's a good finisher. When he does, he, he can he can be a bit hit and miss. But it's if and if he was good at the other parts of the game, if he could hold the ball up, if he could lay it off consistently, do that, you'd be happy with him. But yes, all of us at the start of the season, someone has said you'll have a, after thirteen games, you'll have a striker on six goals. I mean, we don't have throughout the last few seasons, we haven't had our top goal scorers haven't had many more than that. So we'd all jump to that. Mm. But he lets himself down in the other side of the game, and that's the problem. If then we'd have a player, but at the moment. And again, if we had three forwards banging in goals, you can accommodate that sort of thing. But when he's the alone striker and he's your top striker, yeah, great, total's good. And as you say, if he keeps going, he'll get a good total. But it's just the other side. As Theresa says, he's offside a lot. He doesn't run back. He doesn't chase. He doesn't harry. Now, yeah, okay, and he costs 20 million. So you're not going to get the complete package in him. Uh, And so we have to take all we can get at this point. But it's it's that frustrating part of it. If If he could hold the ball up, and lay other people on, he would be he read the player. But as I say, there's too many deficiencies to make him sort of interesting, yeah. interesting stuff. Fergus, can you coach that kind of stuff into a player like Edward? Do you think? Um, yes, I do. I mean, I think, I think for 
for a long time now, Palace haven't played to the strength of our strikers. You know, you can go back to Ben Teke. You know, if you, if you put a decent cross in there, he would score. But we just never crossed the ball. We just wanted to pass the ball into the back of the net. He always had his back to goal. And I think Edouard suffers a little bit like that. And like um, Paul said, he struggles with, um, you know, holding the ball up. Um, he seems to get it caught in his feet all the time. But but if, if he was running into the box and he had Elise, Ineza or Ayu, whoever, putting in a decent cross, um, I definitely think he would score more goals. But I think six out of 14, you know, that's not a bad return. Um, not bad. It's not bad at all. He's probably, no, considering he's probably not playing at his best. Um, and you know, we, saw, yeah. we saw it on the opening day, didn't we, at Sheffield United, where Nayu put the ball across in the six-yard box and he got in, in front of his defender. I know it was Sheffield United, but before anyone says anything. But, um, it was the know. same against Wolves, though, wasn't it? Mitchell yeah, it was, yeah. In yeah. front of the six-yard box. And, yeah, yeah there's, an, there's an instinctive finisher there, but yeah, and that, might, that might be great in Scotland, but in the Premier League, you need more. <laughs> you can almost see how he scored so many goals for Celtic yeah, now, can't um, you? You know, against weaker opposition, week in, week yeah. out. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, I think there's room to be optimistic with Odson Edward, and um, you know, if we can get some of those other aspects of his game improved, then I think we've got a striker. But you know, it's um, it's a, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, I'm just going to read Paul Bristow's comment out here. Thank you, Paul, for this. Um, we have got beyond the defence in wide areas and put the ball in between the back four and the keeper four times this season, and Edward has scored from all of them. That's his strength and we don't utilise it. Yeah, very good point. And um, we need to be doing more of that. And can you give Roy a call, Paul, and, and tell him that and share it with him, if you would? Um, good. Right, Fergus, uh, where are we with this game? I've interrupted you horribly, so I do apologise. Um, well, at least I had a chance on the penalty area just after the goal. Um, but he, it fell on his right foot and it was a weak shot and it was an easy save for uh, Ariola. Um then Ward Prowse had a free kick on the edge of the box. And of course, when Ward Prowse stood over it, everybody's like biting their nails. And, you know, it normally only goes in one place, and that's the top corner. Um, but fortunately for us, it, it put it straight into the wall. Um, and then, um, yeah, West Ham had a, a, another chance. Um, what was it? Emerson arriving at the back post unmarked. I think it was um, Piquetta crossed the ball. Across the field, and uh, he, he ghosted in behind all our defenders. But just he couldn't keep the ball down. It went mm. up over the crossbar. It was, it was, yeah. a, it was a really good chance, wasn't it? Big there. chance, that big chance. Yeah. It was. Um, and then Palace made a, a couple of substitutions. <laughs> eight first minute, eight seventh minute. You know, not quite sure what sort of an impact on the game boys expecting. Um, them to have. I mean, he brought Riederveld on for Hughes, which is, you know, it's a pretty straightforward change, and Matessa on for Edward. Um, mm. I actually would have liked to have seen Edward and Matessa on the park for the last sort of 10 minutes with the six minutes of injury time, just to see, because I think that could be an option for us at Bournemouth. Um, okay, okay. Let, me, let, me, let me come in there. I think I think what we're looking at here is the, the 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 backdrop and the context of where this game is alongside the previous two. So the previous two games, we've been drawing the games until quite late on, and we've lost both of them, right? This one, we're drawing the game, and we're getting towards the closing stages of the game. And I think Roy alluded to this in his post-match comments. Does this not go through your mind when you're playing a game like that, that... Whatever we do, we don't lose this one. You know, we do everything we can. We've got a point. We need to keep this point now. And that, that that's counterintuitive to what you're saying there about bringing another striker on to try and go and win the game. I, I get that. And, yeah, maybe at home to Bournemouth, it feels slightly different. But I think it's maybe why that didn't happen. But, yeah, but the frustration is we've lost the last two games and we should have got something out of them. Exactly. It's the point so, I'm trying to make, yeah. Uh, you know, this was a game... We're running out of games now before we start playing the Liverpools and the Man Cities and the Chelsea's. And, you know, mm. let's be honest, we're not going to get a, a haul of points out of those games um, unless something dramatic changes between now and then. But um, and, and West Ham, 
although they did have chances towards the end, they were they weren't playing great. I think they were there for the taking. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a bit frustrating sometimes that. And I know we're stuck up conceding a goal in the last minute. You know that's that's Palace all over. Um, I've said it many times. If if I put money on Palace to concede a goal in the last five minutes, I, I wouldn't have a mortgage. It'd have been paid off by now. You just do it so often. Um, but yeah, it's anyway. It was it was a little bit frustrating, but I can understand. You know, their straight substitutions, and then and then right at the death, ninety plus four. Um, Paqueta again crossing to the box and Bowen finds himself completely unmarked, free header. And fortunately for us, he heads it straight at Johnson. Um, so it's a comfortable save. But again, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure he was completely unmarked. I think it just happened to pick him out and he did get his head on it. But um, as you say, um, well, no one challenging him. It was a routine enough save. But if that had gone in and we lost the game, it would have been a real sucker punch, wouldn't it? Um, and I, th- I think, you know, you, someone put a comment up, we shouldn't be losing to Everton or Luton. Of course we shouldn't be losing to Everton at home or Luton away. But the fact of the matter is, we did. And, um, you know, you know, we huffed and puffed at Luton and, and could and should have got an equaliser on another day, but we didn't. Um, and I was just pleased to see us stop that rot, is a, a good way of describing it. Or as Mark Gahey said, it stopped the bleeding um, when we drew that game yesterday. So... Uh, so pleased with the point in the end of it all. Um, were you happy with the point then? Let's go to you, Ferg. You know, you're in the ground. Sigh of relief at the end. You got a point? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, like Mark Day said, it's, we've, got, we've got to stop the bleeding. We, we, we needed to... Uh, I mean, if we'd ended up losing that game, um, I, I'm not saying there isn't pressure going into Bournemouth game, but you're a home to Bournemouth, you're expecting to win it, but... Yeah. That now isn't an easy game. Bournemouth are, you know, they're on a rich vein of form at the moment. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we are playing it. We are playing an informed Bournemouth side up next. Um, and you know, I heard someone say that this is only a good point away at West Ham if we get all three at home to Bournemouth, which is an interesting uh, perspective. Um, Paul, you're in the ground as well as you always are. Happy with the point at the end end of the day. Yeah, as we said, you'd have taken it at the start. You'd have taken it at half time. It's and, it's, and West, West Ham, and then they weren't great yesterday. They're not. I don't think they're a great side. Uh, they're very similar to us in a lot of ways in the way we play. I was reading their forums last night. They it could almost have been a Crystal Palace forum reading it, but they had the same complaints about the style of play, the defensive nature, the lack of attacker. Um, so it, 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 the draw was probably about right. But I, I do agree. You group these games in in groups. If you if you win on Wednesday, uh, four points from these two, you'd have all, we'd have all taken instantly, and it's a good point. If you only get a point, then you think, well, two out of these we could have pushed on yesterday. And again, as, as Ferg said, with the substitutions, it, it's, it's back to this mindset thing. And last year at West Ham was a classic example. We're one one in the ninety fourth minute. Mm. Eater gets the ball dollied into his arms. Now, most, most goal is roll on the floor, waste of time. Whether he threw it out instantly, we went up and scored. And it's it's like a metaphor for, for Crystal Palace. If you go for it, you've got a chance. And we've got these players. I, I, I would like to see him use bring Francer on for 10 minutes every game. It doesn't matter mm. if you take some off at the top. There's no point in having him on the bench. He keeps mm. saying that we need to develop him. Ahmada's uh, another one. The few times I've seen him, there's there's a player in there, but he's he's too, he doesn't trust these players. And this is our big problem. And this is going to be a problem in the in in the transfer window coming up because I, I saw something the other day saying Crystal Palace are reluctant to spend. Well, we know that part, but in in January because they want to save the money for the summer. Now we're sort of caught between a rock and a hard place here. We need players, we know that, but there's no point in buying players that Roy isn't going to buy uh, play. So that's pointless. So you have to then get his endorsement on a player. So if he's going to endorse it, you're basically buying a Roy Hodgson type player. Now in the summer, hopefully. We're going to move on from a Roy Hodgson style team, and we don't want Roy Hodgson style players. So, but if you've spent your money, so it's it's one of those conundrums that someone's got to find. A, luckily, high above my pay grade, has got to find a solution to. <laughs> but it's um, but we've got these players, Franca, Hamada, Franca mm. in particular. You've got to bring him on for ten minutes every game, even if it's for the top guy where he can't cause too much damage, because otherwise you're never going to do it. You're playing against Everton in the cup. We'll lose that pointless because you're playing a load of players we've never played before, and. Yeah, and then when you get an injury crisis, you, you've got players who've, who are match-ready. They've played games. If, if we lose another in striker or stuff and you have to play him, he's not going to be ready. Very good point. Um, Teresa? I think we're going to have a good cup run this year. 
Okay, we'll, we'll hold your hold, keep your powder dry. We'll come to the cup run in a minute, the cup draw in a minute. Um, so, Teresa, would would you agree with um, Paul here? Would you have brought Franta on yesterday, uh, maybe instead of Mateta? Um, yes, I probably would have. These young ones, if they're going to keep any enthusiasm, play for the shirt, they need to be playing. They need to be on the pitch. I mean. It's all gone quiet on Ferguson. God knows what's happened with him. What's happened with Henderson? I mean, he's a goalkeeper. It doesn't really matter. We've got Johnston. But these young players, they're sitting on the bench. We haven't paid all this money for them just to keep the bench warm. Give them some time. I mean, Francis' debut was at Newcastle. He came off the bench away at Newcastle. And um, if you remember, Paul, we were sitting with his family, weren't we, in the same row? He's at the front row of the, uh, the upper tier there at St James's Park. Well, it's and, not going to do any harm, is it? If we're losing, we're already losing. No, but what I'm saying is that Francis, what I was going to say is Francis had a reasonable debut in that when he that cameo. He, he had a shot, you know, from distance. I know we were 4-0 down, which doesn't really uh, help. But um, And then he also came on, I think, in the next game, whatever game that was. Well, that was the problem game, wasn't it? He came against Spurs and then Hodgson. Yeah, yeah. Back, and yeah. that's given him the excuse not to bring him on in future and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, again, but he said he bought him. You bought these players on at the wrong time. It's not going to help them. So bring them on regardless. Bring them on, say, five, yeah, ten minutes, okay. whatever. That's just my, my theory on that matter. Get, yeah, get. I, I think we have spent a lot of money on Franta. Um, clearly, there's something there. He's got a talent. We wouldn't have spent that money if he if he, he wasn't any good. So we do need to start seeing him play. Uh, maybe Wednesday night is the time when we see him grace the Sellers part pitch and score his first goal for us. Um, that would be nice, wouldn't it? All good. So, um, stats at the end of the game. Have we got those loose somewhere? Um, BS to this game. Here they come. Ferg, just talk us through these, mate. Yeah, so possession, 55, 45. Even shots. Shots on target, three and two. We had one corner more. Um, but the most aggressive, you know, out of the two teams, West Ham, which, again, uh, was surprising and I don't know if we want to talk about that. Palace, okay. I think we're 18th in the Premier League for yellow cards and red cards and fouls. So we're not a dirty team at all. Um, okay, that's so, something we need to change. Okay, so here's a question for you then. Um, 18th in the stats for yellow and red cards and fouls. Did you say there's three three measures together? I think, I think so, yeah. I might be wrong. I'm sure Paul or somebody... Paul, Paul Bristow knows, he could, he, or, 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 or Paul Gear knows, I don't know. Um, is that yeah. right, Paul? Do you know that stat? We're, we're, certainly, we're certainly down there. And as, as we said earlier, it's it's not about being dirty. It's about being um, Clever. committed. A passionate, committed, as I say. I mean, yeah. take Lerma for a chance. Lerma, he was the booking king at Bournemouth. He was suspended all the time because he put his foot in. He was, and, and he had that go get the ball. And you don't want recklessness. You don't want stupidness. That's fine. But... There's times you've got to put a tackle in and, and show them show them you're there, get the ball. And but so I don't know if he I don't know if he's been booked for us or whatever, but Nakure is another one. He was he was a walking booking for a long time yes. with under Vieira. He's he's been a lot better under Roy. And I think mm. that sums the two up. I think Hodgson's style of play, it, I mean, it's, it's his style. You see him standing on the touchline, he's you wouldn't say boo to a goose. And it's yeah, and, and sometimes that doesn't help us when we don't have when you need to just get sort of yeah, put your foot in and get stuck in and Show them you're in in a match. Yeah, interesting. Um, so I, I think I do think it's quite marked the fact that they had seventeen fouls and we only had seven. You know, that it, it does tell you something about the aggression, I suppose, and the the desire to win the ball. Um, there was a, yeah, there was a quote Ian on the on the West Ham forum last night. One of their blokes said Jordan I won the most amount of fouls he's ever seen when he was never actually touched. <laughs> well, I said I, he he got a bit lucky with one or two of them. I thought. Um, Especially that one where that that um, the Anderson free kick one, I think he was brought down on the edge. Didn't even think it was a foul, to be honest with you. But, uh, but there we are. Um, I okay, Paqueta was very dirty. He was putting studs down the back of um, Elise's ankle. Yeah, Is it La Paqueta? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah the Brazilian. Yeah, he, yeah, um, yeah. He made. I, th I think they they do target Michael Elise, don't they? I mean. That's you know you, the target the flare players give them a kick early on and see if they can you know come back and it might just affect their game so you know is it, it is a feature of the modern game unfortunately. Um, I had, I had a stat on that Ian. Mm. So in the in the first half, forty five minutes, at least they lost possession sixteen times. 
just in the first 45 minutes. Really? So it just goes to show how often he was on the ball and mm. potentially how often he was fouled or brought down. Or, you know, so um, he's, he's definitely t- a targeted player. So I was trying to think about a couple of players yesterday. Um, Chris Richards, first of all, um, we sort of said at the top of the show we were sort of pleased with his game. He got man of the match. Um, 90 minutes, two interceptions, four clearances, um, five out of six ground duels won, six out of seven areas duels won, five tackles, 11 duels won, wasn't dribbled past once. Um, so they're pretty good stats, aren't they? Would you would you would you play him again on um, on Wednesday night? Anyone? I would, but yeah, I think uh, I, yeah, I, you would you don't drop him after that performance. He did everything to keep the shirt, but this is Roy Hodgson, and he will probably revert to Schlupp. Hmm. Teresa, would you would you see uh, Richards keeping his place? I'd love to see Richards keep his place after his performance yesterday. That's two think... votes for him then. So I'm just going to make a full house. Yeah, I'd, I would definitely keep him in there. Um, if, if we're going to drop anyone, I don't think Hughes is suited to number 10. I don't think that's the strongest position. Um, now, we might drop Hughes back into midfield and play, I don't know who he'd play in the 10, Ahamada maybe, or I don't know if he's going to go for it. Even Francis, I don't know. But um, Yeah, I, on his performance yesterday, I mean, the, the player ratings yesterday, Hudson Edwards, was top, Anderson second, and Richard third. So, you know, definitely had a yep. good game. Okay. I mean, you know, I always say this, but Roy Hodgson knows the players better than we do. You know, we can talk about it on here for an hour. Uh, people are watching for an hour. But, um, you know, clearly Roy Hodgson knows the players better. He knows the right thing for Crystal Palace Football Club. He's not picking players to lose the game. So, uh yeah, um, certainly I don't think Chris Richards could have done any more yesterday to uh, earn himself a second consecutive start um, for Crystal Palace on Wednesday night. So let's keep our fingers crossed and see what happens. OK, so I'm going to move on from the game now a bit, guys, I think. And um, it's uh, customary on this show to um, have a look at the loan watch to just keep you updated on the Crystal Palace players that are out on loan at other clubs. Um, David Botang played the full 90 minutes for Dundee in a three-all draw at Motherwell, and he was booked for his troubles in the 80th minute. Um, Killian Phillips is your mate, Ferg, isn't he? Um, played the full 90 for Wickham in a 2-0 home defeat against Morecambe in the FA Cup, and he was booked as well late on. Um, Owen Goodman, the goalkeeper uh, for Colchester, they didn't have a game. Um Luke Plange for Carlisle didn't have a game. Kofi Barmer, he was only on the bench for Port Vale, um, so I don't think he even got on the pitch. What's the point of going out on loan if you're not even going to get game time? I don't know. And John Kamani Gordon, um, again, he wasn't, he didn't feature for Cambridge in their FA Cup tie. So I just think it's really disappointing when we've got these loan players and the reports are, well, they're not even starting for their loan clubs. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, any views on this, guys? Agree with me? Yeah, perhaps Roy's just getting them out to get practice for being on the bench. <laughs> yeah, Splinter's up there, bum, sitting on the bench, yeah. Um, good. And uh, just a, a word about the other teams uh, and how they got on this last weekend or since our last show anyway. Um, the under-21s um, on Saturday, they played against Manchester City away. And as you can see there on the screen, they won 3-0 in the um, Premier League, Division Two, Division One, rather, Premier League Two. And their next match is a Premier League International Cup tie against Benfica, no less. And that's at the VBS Community Stadium next Wednesday, the 6th of December. So um, you're not going to be at that, are you? Because you're going to be at the Bournemouth game. So they're playing at the same time as us. Is that right? Anyway, well, we, were, we were supposed to play Bournemouth on the Tuesday, weren't we? Originally. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm surprised yeah. they haven't switched that one then. Um, but there mm. we are. Um, under 18s um, in the under 18 Premier League, that match was postponed against Norwich. They're next up in the FA Youth Cup. Now, Paul Bristow, opinion here is back. Um, Thursday, after you've been to Sellers Park on the 6th of December, Thursday, the 7th of December, at Home Park, the home of Plymouth Argyle, um, our lads play in the FA Youth Cup. And then the women. Um, they, there is no match since the last show. 
Um, their next match is the Women's FA Cup. Um, and they're at home to the famous Chatham Town women. Um, and that game is on Sunday the 10th at the VBS Community Stadium, one o'clock kickoff. And then they play Reading in the Championship after that. So that just keeps you up to speed with the Lone Watch and the other teams in and around the uh, club. So, Teresa, you said earlier about the FA Cup. Yeah. Uh, the thing this weekend that we've just experienced is the third round draw. Um, did anyone actually see it live? Because I didn't, and you guys wouldn't have done because you're at the ground. But, uh, T, did you watch it live? No. Oh, okay. You're not watching it live. No, I didn't see it live. Um, someone in the chat, tell us where we came out in this draw. Was it in the middle, towards the end, or whatever? Anyone we, know were watching, we were watching it in the ground on the phone. And, uh, yeah, so it was it was about halfway-ish, just after halfway. halfway-ish. Yeah, there were some and quite scary things coming up. We see Sunderland come out, and we're like, please, God, no. And then Millwall, <laughs> God, no. Yeah, we always had the same reaction, really, when we go Everton, to be honest. Well, at least we're at home. Yeah, but at least it's a home tie. I mean, I'd rather have them at home in the cup than away, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, even though we're pretty rubbish at home this season, and they've already beaten us at home this season, I'd still rather play at Sellers than, than go away in the FA Cup third round to another Premier League team. Yeah, there were quite a lot of Premier League draws, actually, weren't there? Brighton got um, one, didn't they? Um, I don't know. No, Brighton got, got Villa, didn't they? Did Brighton get Villa? Brighton got Stoke away, I think. But Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal Liverpool was quite a tasty one. Mm. Yeah. Some, but, some, um, some of the Newcastle. So, T, you said earlier you've got a good feeling about this season in the FA Cup. Tell us why. I do, because I think this will be Roy's last ever season. I think he will retire at the end of this season. He's 76 years old. If he doesn't retire, he should, to be honest. I'd like him to see out the season just because it's probably a pride thing. But I think he's never won the FA Cup. I think he might fancy a cup before he goes. So, yeah, I've got a good feeling. I'm liking your logic, Fergus. No, it's just uh, so Leon Storm's crop. Do you do the panel think Roy's in trouble if we lose on Wednesday? So I'm just wondering whether Roy's actually going to have an opportunity to have a cup, cup run if um, <laughs> the results keep going. The way they are going. Um, well, the sh we're, we're, can I can I just part that question? We'll come back to that question. It's a good question. We will answer it in a minute. But let's just talk about the FA Cup. Um, I want a prediction from each of you. How far we're going to go in the FA Cup this season, um, Teresa? As you're the most outspoken person on this panel at the moment about the FA Cup, I'm going to come to you first. So, how far are we getting in this season's competition? We're going to Wembley, of course we are. I want to be in Covent Garden again. So is this a semi or the final? Final, why not? Let's go for final. So you think we're going to win or lose the final? We're going to win the final. Come oh on. You're going to okay, right. say we're going to lose the final. I think we'll all have that. a pint of whatever Theresa's been drinking. Um, Fergus, how far are we going in the FA Cup this season? I'm going to say fourth round. Okay, so we'll beat Everton. All right, okay, and we'll go out in the fourth round. We beat, we beat them, was it 4 0? Yeah, we did. We, we beat them on the way to Wembley, didn't we? They were in the quarter final, yeah, we did. Yeah. That was, that was a whole different lifetime ago, Ferg. It was a whole world ago, sadly. Um, uh, we also beat them in the ZDS final in 1991, but, you know, we don't talk about that very often, but there we are. The thing with this one is we haven't got a game for two weeks after, so there's no real excuse not to play the first team, to be honest, but then yeah. you'll have the excuse you've got to play the youngsters, blah, blah, blah. blah. So, sadly, I, I fear we'll probably go out in that round because Roy yeah. will... Yeah, he, he, he's not a cup man. He wants, he wants to stay in the league and... There's a case for that, but it's which is a shame, but that's sadly endorsed by the club. So, yeah, I, th I think you're right. He's not a cut man, is he? He, he will always play the youngsters and things and play a weekend team. But you make an interesting point about the Premier League fixtures that follow because there's a strange uh, setup. We've got one game week that is across two weekends in January, if you haven't picked up on that. And we play in the second of those weekends. Uh, away at Arsenal in the early kickoff on a Saturday. So, um, no reason at all not to play a full strength side. Not sure where Everton's fixture is in the calendar. Someone maybe look that up and have a look and tell us. Are they playing the following weekend or have they got a two week break as well? Um, so, yeah, there we go. Um, so, FA Cup um, is on the horizon. It's always a nice day when the third draw happens. But disappointing when you draw another Premier League team. I was looking at Sutton United away. That would have been nice, wouldn't it? You know, a tie like that. 
Um, what was the other one I said on, on Grant's page? Um, can't remember, doesn't matter. Um, okay, let's come and talk about that question that you just read out, Ferg. Do you want to just repeat it? Oh, uh, yeah, it was just um, what do the panel think about whether Roy's at risk of losing his job if we lose on Wednesday against Bournemouth? So do you want to answer it first or would you like someone else to answer it first? Pass or, you know? No, I, I, don't, I don't think Roy will go. I think he'll be here to the end of the season. Purely because, and we've probably mentioned it before, I think the part of the parish is to build this new stand. And no matter what it takes, he just wants us to stay in the Prem. And whether that's finished 17th, as long as we don't go down, um, I think that will be um, a success for him. Uh, frustrating for us. Um, yeah. I can understand why, because it's investing in the future and it's probably the best season to do it, you know, because there's definitely three or four weaker teams than us. So I don't think we're at risk of going down. But um, no, I think, Roy, th there's got to be a plan in the background, though, to replace him. There's got to be something. Um, I know um, Potter's been mentioned, hasn't he? Um, few times and Paddy McCarthy but there's got to be a long-term plan in place to replace him yeah and I don't I don't, I do, I don't disagree with you at all there I think you know I don't think I don't think Roy would um, get sacked if uh, if we lost to Bournemouth for sure um, and I think it would take an awful lot for us to part company with him um, Teresa come to you next what are your thoughts on this matter um, no I think we've got right to the end of the season to be quite honest um okay paul uh no the only the only time royal will be sacked is if the bottom three get within striking distance of us um that's when they will act but again the problem they have this time is they haven't got roy hodgson to call up and um, yes yeah it's, it's like anything you see the things about if steve cooper suddenly become available if 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 a good replacement became available and was willing to join us, I think they would come to an agreement. I think Roy would step aside quite happily. Um, mm. But short of someone wanting to join us and being happy to join us and, and being an obviously better person, um, he will be here as long as, as I say, as long as he keeps his head above the line and we're always six, seven, eight points ahead. I think, yeah, he'll stay till the end. And then, as Ferg says, we have to hope there's a plan in place for, for progression and, and someone ready to step in and hopefully not Paddy McCarthy, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it will be Paddy McCarthy. I don't think you can give anyone the job without Premier League experience. Um, Gareth Southgate? Um, well, someone's put Gareth Southgate and then oh. Rob Cranford has said, no! Um, Gareth Southgate um, has clearly done a good job with the England national side, but he's got no club experience uh, to note, really, apart from Middlesbrough for a short time. I don't think he did very well there. Um, he's happy. We believe living in oh, what happened there? Living in the <laughs> north of England, uh, and I can't see him coming to Palace. I really can't. Um, and now the two the two managers that have been looted there are uh, Steve Cooper at Nottingham Forest. If he was sacked by them, and of course Graham Potter, who someone else has said in the chat quite rightly is being paid by Chelsea until the end of the season. So therefore, he's not available, even though he's not working for another club. We're led to believe. But either of those two, I would take, to be honest with you. I think either of them would be okay for us. Um, we're not going to get a big name. We're not going to get Jose Mourinho, no matter how much we think he's a Palace fan. He's never coming to us. So, so yeah, it's 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 finding a younger manager with experience. Um, and the other one that's been kicked around, you know, Newcastle not going to have Eddie Howe forever. You know, Eddie Howe's a good, experienced Premier League manager, still relatively young. Um, you know, if he loses his job at Newcastle, he might want another job in the Premier League at somewhere like Crystal Palace. Um, after all, we've got some bit of history there, taking their cast-off managers in the past. Um, but he's one that's probably linked with the England job if Southgate were to leave. So who's to know? We just don't know. Um, and in, in, in the meantime, in Roy, we trust um, for sure. Right. OK, what else do we need to talk about on this show tonight? Um, let's have a look at the next six games, everybody. Um, there they are. We have Bournemouth, of course, which we've mentioned numerous times this evening, um, live on Prime Video on Wednesday evening, 7.30 kickoff, which is great because it means we don't get home too late from the game. 
um, followed quickly by Liverpool at home on the lunchtime game, the early kickoff at the weekend on TNT Sports. Um, the following weekend, we go to Man City uh, and T. We talked about that pre-show, didn't we? We're going to be at that game together oh, at yeah. the Etihad on the 16th of December uh, before we welcome that unspeakable lot from the South Coast um, in front of the Sky cameras on a Thursday night. I think that gives them an advantage because they're used to playing on a Thursday night now and we're not. Um, over Christmas, we go to Chelsea, um, again live on Prime, and then we finish the calendar year with a visit of Brentford uh, to Sellers Park, guaranteed to be a score draw that game, unquestionably. Um, so, six games there. How do we think we're going to do, guys? Um, how many points from that lot? Will Tony be back for the um, will Ivan Tony be back for the Brentford game? No, I don't think it's, no, I don't think so. Uh, end of January, middle of January, he's yeah, back. yeah. So, um, I'm not going to ask you to predict the points for all of that, that'd be crazy. Although people are jumping on the chat already two points, three points, uh, six points. Roy Hudson, uh, what's that say? Roy Hudson draw game plan. Oh, I see, very good, Paul Holden. We draw six games. I'll tell you what, I'll take that, draw all six games. I won't mind that at all. Be happy with that. Be a bit frustrating at the end of it, but uh, probably take it. Um, what about the next game then, Wednesday night? Let's get our score predictions in for Wednesday night. I'm going to come to our debutant first, Mr. Paul Gear, Acker Real Panel. What's the score going to be against Bournemouth? Oh, let's do both games, Bournemouth and Liverpool. Okay, I think uh, I think Wednesday will be a classic Roy 1-0. Oh, yeah, uh, probably Edward. Uh, and on Saturday, we're going to lose 3 1. Okay, now I'll, I'll, I'll come to why I think you're probably going to be right in a minute or two. Um, but next, ladies, um, T, you're next. Yeah, I was going to go with a 1 0 against Bournemouth, but I'm going to go with a 2 1 for Palace against Liverpool. Ooh. Oh, loving your optimism. That's why I like having you on this show, T, because you're always so positive and optimistic about Palace results. A bit like me in that respect. Um, Fergus Tidsa. Uh 2 1 Bournemouth, 1 all Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Very good. If Luton, if Luton can get a point against them, then we've got. Yeah. Got. I'm actually going to go 2 0 against Bournemouth. On, yeah, but Luton, uh, Luton beat us, Ferg. I know, yeah. but. Well. I'm yeah. going 2 0 against Bournemouth. <laughs> Hang on, what about my prediction? Shut up for a minute. 2 0 against Bournemouth. <laughs> and I'm going to go, I'll go uh, 1 0 against Liverpool as well. There we are. So I called it right at the West Ham game, by the way. I called it 1 0, I think I did. Um, I put it on my Super Six. And uh, I think that you're probably going to be right, Paul, because um, I think you're doing quite well in our Super Six league, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's one of, the, one of the occasions I don't want to be right, but yeah, this is, this is Liverpool, isn't it? We can only hope. Their main goal is not playing, so that could help us. But can you really see us keeping out Salah, Nunes, Gakpo, Diaz more than we'll, they'll stop us? Sadly, I hope I'm wrong. But anyway, you are talking about the ref is that game. Say again, Ferg. Do we know who the ref is? Um, not, yet. not yet. No, we've got the ref for Wednesday night, um, but I can't remember who it is now. Someone tell me in the chat. Just wondering if we're going to have. Jossa diving over by the corner post. No, they need to. Penalty. They need to show the players a, a video of the Cristian Ball game against Liverpool. The four-three, mm. pre-match. Did you say four-three? It was three-all. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah, it was four-three against Villa Park in the FA Cup, wasn't it at that time? Darren England is the fourth official, I think, <sighs> on on um, Wednesday night. Someone no, told me it's in the Championship now, isn't it? He's going to get some stick from me. I'll tell you that for nothing. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Craig Pawson is on our ref on Wednesday. I don't mind him so much, actually. He's all right, isn't he? He's awful. No, he's not. He's awful. <laughs> they all are, though. Most of them are. He's one of the worst. Guys, listen, we are waffling now at the end of this show. It's um, We're just coming up to the hour mark. I'm just seeing if we can get to an hour mark um, while I, I wrap up. Um, but uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, Mr. Gear. Will you come on again at some point? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's always good to chat and uh, yeah, send the views around and see what people think. Lovely. We'd love to have you back another time. Teresa, thanks for joining us at the last minute. You were a You're late welcome. sub for Mr. Joe Holyoke. I didn't mention that at the beginning, but uh, nice to have you. Yeah, nice to be here again, sharing my yeah. optimism. Good stuff. And Fergus Tid, who um, 
made out he wasn't coming on tonight um, in the chat earlier that we had. Um, but uh, it didn't really wipe me up. I didn't really get reeled in by it. But Ferg, always good to have you on the show, my neighbour in Upfield. So, uh, guys, thank you for joining us. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, see you at Sellers Park on Wednesday night. Until the next time, we'll see you on Sunday evening when Nick Philpott will be back in the chair. Good night, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.